Welcome to this podcast brought to you by the Bloomsbury Set, produced by SOAS Radio. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the socioeconomic drivers, antimicrobial resistance, with Dr. Risa Morimoto from SOAS University of London, the Bloomsbury Set project lead. And today, she's joined by Dr. Deepani Jayantha, veterinarian and conservationist, and the country representative of Sri Lanka in the Elemotion Foundation. In this podcast series, we explore potential channels of antibiotic resistance transmission in Sri Lanka, with focus on wildlife, socioeconomic drivers, and culture on findings from the latest research projects funded by the Bloomsbury Set UK. Following our previous podcast on antibiotic resistance in wildlife, we will further discuss socioeconomic drivers of antibiotic resistance today. We learned in the last podcast that antibiotic resistance transmission is caused not only due to overuse in healthcare facilities, underlying causes are much more complex such as wildlife contributing to antibiotic resistance spread through waterways. This means even without overusing antibiotics, there's a potential threat of antibiotic resistance spread via water contamination because of various factors, such as poor sanitation waste, and waste management. We will look closely into this indirect pathway today. So to start off, thank you so much for joining me, Risa and Deepani. Thank you for having us, Fred. Thanks, Fred. So to start off, Risa, could you explain why antibiotic resistance can be a significant threat to countries like Sri Lanka and why it's important to understand the socioeconomic drivers behind antibiotic resistance? Thank you, Fred. So yes, as mentioned in the previous podcast, there seems to be a significant misuse or overuse of antibiotics among the populations, including agricultural, livestock, and aquaculture farms in countries like Sri Lanka that appears to contribute to the relatively high prevalence of antibiotic resistance. That means it is extremely important to understand socioeconomic conditions that facilitate antibiotic resistance, such as reckless behavior, including irresponsible use in livestock farming, or inadequate infrastructure such as poor sanitation, poor hygiene, so that we can develop effective strategies for positive social practices and behavioral changes. We need to better understand how social, economic, and policy environments enable the transmission of antibiotic resistance. There are many studies forecasting that antibiotic resistance will be a serious not only health, but also economic threat. Hence, we need to act immediately. D, you've looked at the potential role of wildlife in antimicrobial resistance and, ecosyst- and the ecosystem in your recent project. Could you explain a little bit more about your project? Yes, our project in Sri Lanka, which is a collaboration between the Royal Veterinary College and the University of Peradeniya, is funded by Bloomsbury Set. And it looks at the potential role of wildlife in antimicrobial resistance and ecosystem contamination. It has three project sites, one in Dompe, a suburban area with scattered farm animal practices. Polgahavela is another site and it is a village community with aquaculture practices around. And finally, rural community. Actually, it is a farming community in Hambegamoa with free-range livestock farming, mainly cattle and buffalo. You will appreciate these three scenarios feature three different livelihoods of the local society. Thus, our project indirectly talks about antimicrobial resistance and the socio-economics of the chosen communities. 
we collected fecal samples of livestock and wild animals around the project sites. Samples from fish ponds were also collected. The bulk of the findings are coming from fecal analysis. Laboratory tests were conducted to isolate E. coli and that is a fecal bacteria in each sample and when present, the bacteria were tested against common antibiotics used in the country. If the isolated bacteria colonies show resistance to particular antibiotic types, we recognize them as antibiotic resistant and the animal species which harbored such E. coli are identified as having a potential role in developing antimicrobial resistance. Sri Lanka has a very poor awareness of the mindful use of antibiotics. Also, self-medication is a common practice. Buying your antibiotics of choice over the counter at any drugstore is not difficult. This practice is rather common among low-income communities. They are happy to get drugs prescribed by pharmacists so that they don't need to pay for the doctor appointment. I must nevertheless say the country has a commendable free health service accessible to everyone. For most of the public, especially in rural areas, antibiotics are yet another medicine. And if proper advice is not given by the doctor or the pharmacist, they will treat antibiotic as any other drug. This is where the problem is. Proper use of antibiotic should be a public discourse. Losing the strength of currently available antibiotics means an enormous challenge tomorrow to fight fatal disease conditions in humans and animals. This risk casts a shadow on post-surgical convalescence as well. We conducted a detailed questionnaire survey at all sites of the project. Communities' understanding of antibiotics, their use, pharmaceutical practices, instructions they are given by the doctors and pharmacists were among some of the areas we looked at in this survey. More than 95% of the respondents were oblivious to responsible use of antibiotics. Thank you, Dee. Could you tell me some of the key messages of your study? Yes, Fred. Uh, we recorded more than 250 wild species in our study sites. The majority were wild birds. Mammals and reptiles are also on the list. Of the three sites we studied, 71 to 77% of wild animal fecal samples had E. coli bacteria in them. Most E. coli of the samples showed resistance against common antibiotics such as ciprofloxacin, ceftazidimine, and chloramphenicol. Similarly, E. coli isolated from aquaculture sites were resistant to ampicillin, tetracycline, and nalidixic acid. This indicates that wildlife and aquatic species around the study sites have got access to elements in their environment contaminated with antibiotic residues over a considerable period. We suggest water as a possible source of contamination as in accordance with literature from other countries and also the fact that wild animals of rural areas show AMR. Some of these animals have no contacts with livestock at all. Thus, it is evident that wild species are contributing to AMR in different ecosystems. It is not an encouraging finding when human, animal and ecosystem health is considered altogether. That is the one health aspect actually. Survey findings are not convincing either when it comes to the mindful use of antibiotics by the general public. Apart from their uninformed behavior of buying antibiotics over the counter, the respondents are not able to differentiate between antibiotics and painkillers or antihistamines. The majority called any drug 
group as medicines. So that they treat antibiotics the same way they treat other drugs. Such consumer behaviors lead to purchasing antibiotics without prescriptions and consuming them without medical guidance recommended by a doctor or pharmacist. The respondents don't adhere to the dosage and even willing to use leftover antibiotics whenever it is needed for the next time. That's to save money sometimes. Farmers medicating their livestock without proper veterinary guidance is another contributing factor in developing AMR subsequently. Community awareness on environmental contamination of antibiotics is poor. Only 10% of the respondents knew about AMR. All these findings suggest that communities of our study sites have been contributing towards AMR without their knowledge and that's why a sound awareness campaign is required among those communities. Risa, your project is a follow-up to Dee's project. What have you, what are your key findings and how have you built on the work Dee has done? Our project is a collaboration between School of Oriental African Studies, University of London, Munasinghe Institute for Development, Sri Lanka, Royal Veterinary College, and the London School of Economics. We try to contextualize antibiotic resistance perspectives in Sri Lanka and European Union, which was also funded by Bloomsbury Set UK. We have analyzed the existing European datasets, Eurobarometer, as well as newly acquired household survey data in Sri Lanka to better understand socio-economic factors that potentially contribute to the spread of antibiotic resistance in different regions. So, for example, we have assessed a statement in the surveys such as antibiotics kills viruses. Respondents can answer false, true, or don't know. A don't know answer is taken as an indicator of lack of confidence. Antibiotics are used to treat infections caused by bacteria, but viruses have a different structure to bacteria. Therefore, antibiotics don't work on viruses such as full or cold mistakenly take antibiotics. So hence, in this question, the respondents have to answer false, which is a correct answer to show their awareness of antibiotics. In our analysis, the EU historical data shows that antibiotic resistance awareness was increasing across Europe in the 90s. It has since stabilized. Lack of confidence to talk about antibiotic resistance has also generally decreased across Europe since the late 80s. Within the EU regions and Sri Lanka, antibiotic resistance awareness varies significantly when comparing the four regions in the Europe and Sri Lanka in terms of uh, the characteristics of their livelihood choices such as aquaculture or livestock-based economy or remote or rural regions. EU regions tend to show a higher level of antibiotic resistance awareness compared to the Sri Lankan regions. The lack of confidence to talk about the topic on antibiotic resistance remains much lower in Sri Lanka than it is across Europe. However, our Sri Lankan survey shows that the regions with active livestock agriculture sectors tend to exhibit higher antibiotic awareness than their national average, which might be due to the fact that respondents in these regions are more exposed to antibiotics in their livelihood activities. On the other hand, remote and rural regions demonstrate lower antibiotic awareness and confidence levels than their national average. Based on this analysis, we may be able to hypothesize that remote rural communities may have less access to those important health information. We also assessed in our study how much social demographic variables such as education, gender, 
are associated with antibiotic resistance awareness. The European data demonstrated that antibiotic resistance is socially structured awareness, which means the more educated, the older and the better situated have generally higher awareness of antibiotics. According to our Sri Lankan data, not only those demographic variables, but also household hygiene factors, such as clean water access, waste disposal, inadequate infrastructure, such as access to healthcare and cultural factors, such as the needs to go back to work immediately, all seems to be associated with antibiotic resistance awareness. Our findings highlight the situation of those financially vulnerable groups of populations who have no choice but keep working and may choose to take antibiotics, hoping to get better quickly. So our study hence calls for enhanced action plans to increase antibiotic resistance knowledge level with a particular focus on certain population groups such as gender or youth-focused initiatives, as well as geographical areas such as a targeted approach on rural areas with less access to water, sanitation, hygiene, infrastructure, or healthcare facilities. Having analyzed our data, highly high prevalence of antibiotic resistance seems to be closely associated with socioeconomic factors. Therefore, thoroughly controlling antibiotic usage in healthcare facilities alone might not be the most effective way to deal with antibiotic resistance. Policy priorities also need to address socioeconomic and cultural determinants that drive antibiotic resistance transmission. Locally specific conceptions and practices around antibiotics could dampen awareness improving interventions and communication efforts. Therefore, any education and awareness engagement programs may need to be adjusted to specific local contexts. D, you told us about the importance of community engagement and awareness campaigns. What do you believe would be the most effective actions to reduce antimicrobial resistance and control it based on your research findings? Yes, Fred, uh, community engagement is key in any public discourse. We work with schools, youth, farmer and women organizations in our study sites. Whenever possible, locals are engaged in the study. For example, we work with local youth to record wildlife sightings in study sites through an app called Nature Citizen. It was a it was popular among the youth who are fascinated by using handheld devices. Some locals helped us in collecting fecal samples. The citizen science engagement created the background for the awareness campaign we were planning. Uh, communities already had some knowledge of the study so that they were willing to listen to the study findings and the messages that originated through them. And then uh, we uh, created awareness materials. Our best shot is the animated video. Audiences prefer short videos to technical readings nowadays. The video illustrates how AMR is developed and then suggests the best practices of using antibiotics. It is trending to spread public health messages through creative media. The next awareness material is a short comic book. Illustrated in colors, the comic book features Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, who gives away uh, medical advice on responsible use of antibiotics to a young lady through WhatsApp messages. The book ends the story inviting the reader to share the learning with the others. Similarly, we did a poster as well, and it gives clear instructions to the public on do's and don'ts of using antibiotics. For pandemic reasons, we are yet to launch awareness campaigns on the ground. 
we still plan to conduct small group meetings with school children youth farmer and women organizations in our project sites spreading the message the animated video will be screened during the discussions and the comic book will be distributed posters are mainly to be shared with the schools and other local government office offices along with the community members online versions of the poster and the comic book will be widely shared later as i already explained local communities play a key role in a medically important discourse as amr reaching out to remote communities is crucial for they are usually overlooked in widespread awareness campaigns of any kind internet based information is not accessible to the majority of the public in rural areas we are considering other means of raising awareness among the communities beyond in person interactions newspaper articles podcast and even tv programs will be helpful in this regard i hope to find out more about their project check out uh, the first episode of this podcast series and also the bloomsbury set website